Coming up on Studios America, we'll take a hard look at 21st century fascism and the false notion that it's a left versus right problem. Having problems tracking down an at-home COVID test. <laughs> you can thank the president for that. And speaking of Joe Biden, our definitely non-senile leader is on a mission to save democracy from something. What is that something? I mean, does it even matter to the media? Let's see what he had to say today as we do voting rights. Stu does America. Tis a tad tempting at times to just think of Joe Biden as a bumbling fool. And most of the time, you're going to be pretty much right on the money with that one. That's who this guy is a lot of the time. But it's important to realize that bumbling fools can be incredibly dangerous, particularly when they're, uh, they're useful bumbling fools uh, that are surrounded by people who want all sorts of bad things to happen to the country that you might envision as uh, your home. Today, we, you know, we can look at Joe Biden. We can say, hey, he's, he looks senile to me. Senility now. You can go to studosmerch.com, get your Senility Now t-shirt uh, and stickers, and there's all sorts of things. And it might not hypnotize you like that logo, but it looks pretty cool anyway, especially on a t-shirt, I think. Uh, sure, we can all talk about we would like a senile uh, president to no longer be president. I mean, we'd all think that that's a good pursuit for our nation. But it's important to understand that there could be real damage done here. And Joe Biden, who claims over and over again that he's an institutionalist, is now saying he wants to get rid of the filibuster. And just this one time, guys, just this one time, don't worry about it. Only on really important things will we change all the rules because we can't win. That is just when it's important we're going to do that. Every once in a while, whenever we deem it crosses this mysterious, invisible line that we really want something, we're going to get rid of the filibuster. Why is that important? Well, they want to pass a major voting rights um, remix of the country. Basically change the country into a system of voting that we've never had before. A complete rethinking from the ground up as to how we elect people federalizing elections uh, and making the process a totally different one and totally foreign to what we've done in the past in the United States. And it's fascinating because it's built on this idea that democracy is going away. It's at the it's at the we're at the brink. And at any time, if Republicans get control, well, you know what's going to happen. They're going to steal all these elections for you. Um, Let me give you this is a clip from Joe Biden's speech today admitting kind of for the first time in this way that he's going to get rid of the filibuster if he can. Sadly, the United States Senate, designed to be the world's greatest deliberative body, has been rendered a shell of its former self. Gives me no satisfaction in saying that as an institutionalist, as a man who was honored to serve in the Senate. Sure, they were honored to have you. But as an institutionalist, Mm -hmm. I believe that the threat to our democracy is so grave that we must find a way to pass these voting rights bills. Debate them. Vote. Mm -hmm. Let the majority prevail. And if that bare minimum is blocked, we have no option but to change the Senate rules, including getting rid of the filibuster for this. If we want something and we can't get it, we have to change the rules. Hmm. Sounds almost exactly like what they've been accusing Republicans of. It's what they call the big lie. They keep saying 
That's what Republicans did. They lost an election, so they decided to change the rules on the fly and force it through. It's almost exactly what they're uh, talking about here. They're changing the rules on the fly. Now, in theory, this would be within their power to do. It's just totally wrong and something that they themselves have called out as totally wrong this entire time until recently. But again, it's not getting rid of the filibuster because Joe Biden promised not to get rid of the filibuster. He's not going to get rid of it. He's just going to make exceptions for it whenever he wants to get rid of it. That's a totally different thing. Now, I can't see any future in which Republicans get power and then say, you know what? We really want this thing. We really want, I don't know, a, a flat tax. So here we go. We're going to do that. Now, of course, I would like the outcome of that policy, but this is not a good way to run a country. You don't change the rules all the time when you can't get what you want. You have to win the elections to get to the point where the American people stand behind you, and then you can get what you want. That's what this system is, I, you know, within the bounds of the Constitution, which many of the things they're proposing here, I think, are outside of those bounds. But still, you have to at least win. Barack Obama had 60 senators and still couldn't get the Obamacare package he wanted to get pass, passed. He had to deal with a secondary package uh, because they lost an election because the American people said, no, we don't want this. Now Joe Biden, with 10 fewer senators, is saying, this is a disgrace. I want this thing, so change the rules so I can have it. No. Biden really went a little bit further um, discussing and was a little more explicit even later on in the speech. Today, I'm making it clear to protect our democracy. Mm, it's at risk. I support changing the Senate rules. No. Shocking. Whichever way they need to be changed. Anyway. To prevent you are. Anyway. A minority of senators from blocking action on voting rights. Now, of course, a minority of senators, of senators are not blocking action. Half uh, the senators plus uh, two. So the majority of senators are blocking action for what a mi minority of senator senators want. Yet he's he's saying it the complete reverse. He's saying that it's like the majority is getting throttled. And by the way, that is exactly what the Senate was designed to do, to throttle the, the uh, some out-of-control democracy from changing the rules and being nonsensical all the time. It's supposed to move slowly. You're not supposed to be able to jam things through the Senate. And of course, Joe Biden, a man who served in the Senate for 448 years, knows that. Of course he does. And notice the undertones here, which are really disgraceful. The undertones are your election's going to be stolen. Your democracy's going to be stolen. Um, the, the elections are not something that you can rely on unless we get our bill. Our electoral system is, is a sham under Republican control. These things that you've had this whole time, they're out of control. They're not real anymore. We need to pass our bill to protect elections because if you don't have our bill, well, then it's pretty much a rigged election. Well, where have we heard all this before? This is the stuff they were accusing Donald Trump of doing. This is the sort of stuff that gets you banned off social media. Now, you may not have heard any of this stuff from the left because I'm sure Facebook has been blocking it out of your feed as misinformation. So maybe it never reached you. Maybe you don't know that they're saying these elections are not reliable right now if we don't change the rules to their will. Well, that's what they're saying here. They're saying all the stuff they've been complaining about the right doing this entire time. They don't want you to believe in the electoral process either. Now, I've been clear on this. I think our election process is pretty darn good. In fact, when we went through a lot of this stuff last time, I was surprised at how many catch-alls there were. 
I kind of figured it was just some fat guy in the back just counting votes and wiping his, you know, Twinkie cream off of his face and maybe throwing some ballots out. Maybe not. Apparently, they have a lot of checks on this. And a lot of it's been done because of so many irresponsible claims in the past by Democrats. But now nobody believes in our elections. And the Democrats don't want their their side to believe in them. They don't want your side to believe in them. They don't want anybody to believe in elections unless they get their magical bill, which will federalize them, make them easier to hack, by the way, and also just happen to flow uh, a, a, a massive advantage toward the party of the guy asking for the changes. What a stinking surprise that is. Now, if you think uh, this is hyperbole, Joe Biden wants you to know that it's not. It's not hyperbole at all. He's going to make rational uh, a rational case for this bill that's not emotional, that's not just pulling the, uh, the, the uh, uh, sort of scar off of racism. He's not going to irritate it. He's not going to poke it. He's going to just be that uniting return to normalcy president that he promised to be. Watch. Jim Crow 2.0 is uh, about two insidious things. Is it? Voter suppression and election subversion. It's no longer about who gets to vote. It's about making it harder to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote Mm. and whether your vote counts at all. It's not hyperbole. This is a fact. It is hyperbole. It's actually the definition of hyperbole. And he says, whenever he says this isn't hyperbole, you know he's engaging in massive, massive amounts of hyperbole. Um, What's interesting here is, again, you get the pitch of, Your elections are on the ropes. Uh, They don't want you to vote. They're suppressing your vote. They're stealing your vote. They want people to count your vote. Like the fat guy with the Twinkie cream that might just throw away all the Democratic votes. The messaging here is quite clear. But there's something important here. And Jim Crow 2.0 is an interesting way to do it. Now, this is obviously a lie. It's an insulting lie to anyone who actually went through Jim Crow. They were beat up so badly on this uh, framing earlier. You can tell what Joe Biden is doing. Everything's going badly right now. COVID's going badly. Uh, Afghanistan's still hanging around. The economy is not doing well. Inflation's through the roof. The border's a disaster. So let's gaslight everyone into talking about Jim Crow yet again. But here we are. We're doing it. We'll play this game for one, uh, one segment here, and then we'll move on with our lives and get to something important. It's not Jim Crow 2.0. You know it's not Jim Crow 2.0. But if you take anything from this monologue, take this. It is easier to vote today than it has ever been in the history of the United States. It has never been easier. And I'm talking to you if this is your thought process. If you are sitting home right now and saying, I just can't vote, I can't figure it out. Let me tell you something about yourself. You are an idiot. If you cannot figure out how to vote in this country You are an idiot, and you know what? You're too dumb to get a vote. You shouldn't be able to vote. They should just come to you. You should come. They should come to you and they say, you know what? Hey, uh, here's a. This is how you register to vote. If you can't figure it out, you're probably too dumb to pick the leader of the country. That's just how this is. It's tough love for you, but whether you're going to vote for a Republican or a Democrat, I don't care. If you're dumb enough to not be able to figure out how to vote in this country, absentee or otherwise, you are a moron. 
And I would prefer someone with some level of IQ over, I don't know, a carrot to be able to pick our leaders. So maybe you shouldn't participate. Maybe you shouldn't rock the vote. Maybe you should rock the couch. Just a little bit of a little bit of perspective for you. If that happens to be you, my guess is it isn't. So. This case that Biden is putting together, the elections are out of control. The elections are in real trouble. Your democracy is being stolen and the elections are being stolen unless I change the rules of the game midstream because I want to make an exception for my rule, which will just happen to help my party during the elections. And they keep trotting out these BS stats to make it look like your democracy is really going away. I want you to listen to this claim uh, closely. And then I want to tell you how disingenuous this is. It's almost incomprehensible to describe to you how disingenuous this framing is. Watch. Last year alone, 19 states, not proposed, but enacted 34 laws attacking voting rights. Mm, There were nearly 400 additional bills. 400. Republican members of state legislatures tried to pass. And now... Republican legislators in several states have already announced plans to escalate the onslaught this year. Did they? Their end game? To turn the will of the voters into a mere suggestion. Something states can respect or ignore. How the hell do these people have any credibility? To turn, to turn the will of the voters into a mere suggestion? That is saying your election's being stolen. They are doing the same thing they've been complaining about this entire time. It's just as dangerous when they do it than when the other side does it. But I want you to focus specifically on this claim about these these proposed rules and laws that were going to destroy your rights. Now, it doesn't come out of thin air. And that's important here. This isn't Joe Biden just making up a number. He, he said about 400. The correct number is 440. I want to give you the quote. This is from the Brennan Center. Um, More than 440 bills with provisions that restrict voting access have been introduced in 49 states in the 2021 legislative sessions. That sounds kind of bad, doesn't it? 440 laws to tighten uh, voting rights. Wow, that's really bad. I want to give you a quote from like one or two paragraphs away from the quote I just read you. So he's taking that and he's telling that to you and he's saying they're trying to take your voting rights away. 400 bills have been uh, introduced to take your voting rights away. In the same report, there is this. More than 1,000 bills with expansive provisions have been introduced in 49 states in the 2021 legislative sessions. So 440 that he and the Brennan Center describe as restrictive, we can debate that. But even if you accept it, There are more than twice as many bills that expand access. And remember what we're talking about. We're talking about access as compared to a pandemic when a lot of one-time measures were passed, like 24-hour drive-through voting, to make sure that it was really easy and we didn't cough on each other that much. All of this goes to the fact that this entire movement is based on lies. It's based on lies 
and scare tactics and pulling at the scars of racism and and, and a terrible part of our history like Jim Crow to irritate the people into believing a big fat lie about what's going on. It is easier to vote than it has ever been in the history of the United States. If you can't figure out how to do it, you probably shouldn't go to the polls in the first place. That's something they don't want to tell you. But the bottom line is we need to be honest. It would be great if we had a president who didn't see our democracy, our republic, as a little game for him to distract you from all the things going wrong. He's playing this voting rights game because he wants you to believe that you have no voice, that your vote doesn't count, that this is all rigged against you. The same things they complained about when people on the right said them. It wasn't right when we, if we were to go to people and say, hey, look, your vote doesn't count. Was that a good idea? Lynn Wood did that right before the Georgia elections. Was that a good call? Did that work out well? That's not a good idea. It's not a good idea for winning elections, and it's not a good idea for the country, even if you win them or you lose them. It doesn't matter. You can vote. It's very easy for you to do. Do it if you want. Don't do it if you're dumb enough that you can't figure it out. Things aren't looking so great right now for America's economy. So it might be time to cash out and protect your wealth with safe haven assets. Uh, how do you do this? It's got to be really hard. One, one big thing that you know, really, really rich people have been doing for a long time is blue chip art. How do you get involved in that? I, don't, I, you know, I personally don't have you know, $30 million to spend on a Picasso. I mean, not in my wallet right now, maybe at home. With inflation the way it's going now, maybe I do have it. I don't even know at this point. With top-tier paintings selling for tens of millions of dollars, this type of investment is off limits to pretty much everybody, but that's changed because of a new platform called Masterworks. Masterworks lets regular people, just like you and me, invest in million-dollar works by artists like Picasso, Monet, Warhol, and so many more at a fraction of the price. With nearly 300,000 users, it's no wonder Masterworks is valued at over $1 billion. You can skip their waitlist uh, and explore the recently unlocked $1.7 trillion asset class for regular people by visiting masterworks.io. Do your own homework on this. Make sure you understand it. Make sure you want to get involved in it. But it's a really exciting new way to invest in something totally different. Again, the website is masterworks.io slash stew, masterworks.io slash stew. See the important disclosures at their website. It's masterworks.io slash stew. As you may be aware, today is a kind of big day around here because of this. Glenn Beck's new book is out Today, it's called The Great Reset, Joe Biden and the Rise of 21st Century Fascism. Um, I know uh, my next guest had a big part in the research of this book and has done a lot of segments with Glenn about this. Um, And it's a it's a kind of a big topic 
There's a lot that goes into it. Help us uh, break it down is Jason Buttrell. He's the head writer for Glenn Beck, of course, and uh, had a big part in this book and, and all the coverage Glenn has done on The Great Reset. Jason, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. This is weird that this is happening finally. Yeah. I, re I remember <laughs> when this it actually began. So mm. like, part of my job is just scouring all over the place looking for weird stuff that's happening in the world and seeing what that means to us. <laughs> you right. know? Start connecting dots. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And then we saw the World Economic Forum come out with this and The Great Reset. I was like, okay, just an ominous factor alone, yeah. we have got to cover this. Mm. We had no idea what we were getting into. <laughs> and now after, what is it, over a year of trying to explain it and countless radio monologues that I'm sure you've heard tons of, we now finally have a book to come out and go with it. And I think it's a good, it's like for, like we were dummies to this topic, so we needed like a great reset for dummies. Yeah. And that's not a slam to anyone that doesn't understand. Like we, we grouped ourselves in that as well. I feel like I'm in that position still. Everyone. I, so much oh, to learn. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. But, but now you've got people all over the place doing videos on it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, what's that British uh, comedian guy? Uh, uh, I can't remember his name. Russell Brand. Russell Brand, thank mm -hmm. you. He's doing videos nonstop trying to explain this. It's like it's everywhere. Mm. It's starting to get out and people are finally starting to. But, it, it, but if you don't understand any of that, you want to know, okay, what is this about? What does it mean to me? This book is for you. Okay, th that's, a great, um, that's a great telling of what the main title is, which is The Great Reset. I, what I thought was interesting, though, is the second part, the subtitle, Joe Biden and the Rise of 21st Century Fascism. Why? Wh what does that mean? Yeah, well, so for one, Joe Biden's included in that because they were, they're fully on board. Mm. Um, I can get to it in a second, but so many things that are happening now, just snowballing right now, are part of the you know, initiatives that his administration is putting through right now. Uh, his climate czar, I guess that's what you call him, John Kerry, said that the great, he said this in Davos, he said that the great reset in the United States would happen with uh, more intensity and quicker than people actually imagine. Mm. So they are fully on board. Joe Biden is leading this charge here in our country. But the rise of 21st century fascism, that's something that it was, it was really hard for us to nail down. Like, what the heck is the great reset? Like, if, if you want to look at it in economic models, like, how do you even define it? And I've seen people call it socialism. That's not right. I've seen people call it Marxism. That's not right. I've even seen people just attach fascism onto it. And that's not entirely correct. Um, it's got all of the fundamentals of fascism. So, um, you, know, uh, you know, government, you know, not really taking your business. Mm -hmm. But pretty much if you don't yeah. do what they tell you to do. You can own it privately, maybe. But if you don't do exactly what the government wants, you're not going to own it very long. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. So what, basically what it is, is it's fascism, mm -hmm. but just cut out the 1930s era, you know, nationalism. Right. And that's what you have. You have 21st century fascism. So in a sense, that's what it is. It's interesting because, um, this, you know, Glenn spends some time uh, in the book making that distinction. I think a lot of people, just because this has been our conversation for a long time on the right, that we see the left, we see a road to socialism. Glenn's last book was arguing with socialists, right? Um, and that is a big part of this. Like a lot of the policies are consistent, but it's the motivation and the players are different. Is that the right way to think about this? Yeah, you can't really think of this in terms of left versus right, Republican versus Democrat anymore. Mm. Um, what this is, is global elites versus the rest of us, you know, plebes. Yeah. Um, it okay. is uh, global corporations along with, uh, you know, power hungry politicians, mostly on the left, but also on the right in some circles as well, that are colluding together to basically make sure that they're already at the top, to make sure they stay at the top. So, I mean, you just look around, right? Um, you know, small gyms in, all across the country during the, the pandemic, they had to shut down. Restaurants, they had to shut down. 
the mom and pop hardware store or clothing store had to shut down. Now, who didn't have to shut down during that time? Walmart. They didn't shut down. Uh, some big name restaurants didn't shut down. Um, big, uh, you know, uh, the Kroger's of the world, you know, the big the, grocery store, big chains, grocers, they yeah. shut down. But the, but the neighborhood markets, they were shut down. Mm. Um, there's a reason for that, because they are towing the line. They are going along with, you know, this this plan. And the goal in the, in the, in the end is to make sure that the government in league with these corporations following a certain, uh, you know, public private partnership that they have going on. They're going to reign supreme while the small businesses, small business owners, the regular people like you and me, we're completely shut out. You'll own nothing. Even what they say is you'll own nothing, but you'll be happy about it. Because don't worry, because all these other very successful people that are already at the top, they'll they'll own everything. They'll make sure that you're happy. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for that vision of the future. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, we mentioned the uh, the uh, pandemic and how that sort of played into this. If nothing, it was just an accelerant, right? I mean, it, they had this plan. It had been around for a little while, but it was really accelerated because of the pandemic. And one of the things in the book, uh, and again, this is the Great Reset, the uh, Joe Biden and the rise of 21st century fascism. It's out today. You can get it anywhere books are sold. You can get it at glensnewbook.com. We worked hard on that title, by the way. Yeah, it took a while. It, it, it's good. Um, uh, the, uh, the, I've said it on this show 100 times, never let a crisis go to waste. And there's a break, big breakdown of that in the book, in that like, he actually doesn't say that. Uh, Rahm Emanuel, it's a, it's a quote from uh, Rahm Emanuel, former uh, Biden chief of staff, said, never let a crisis go to waste. Well, he didn't say that. In fact, he said, you never want a serious crisis to go to waste. And what I mean by that is an opportunity to do things you think you could not do before. It also goes on to talk about how Uh, The good news, I suppose, if you want to see a silver lining, is the problems are big enough that they lend themselves to ideas from both parties for the solution. And, you know, that quote had been, you know, washed through the laundry cycle of my brain so many times. It was just never let a crisis go to waste. But there's there's a distinction there. It's a specific type of crisis. It's a crisis. that's It's not a small crisis. It's a serious. It's a big crisis. And it's a crisis that will allow not only the left to do the things the left wants to do. But will allow both parties to come up, come together at some level, and push for things that are part of a larger sort of structure. Right. I th- it, like this is something that I don't think the American people understand, even on the right. Right. Um, a serious crisis. Like they tried to manufacture a serious crisis with climate change, mm. and a lot of this, a lot of the verbiage and a lot of the stuff surrounding uh, the Great Reset is in the uh, UN SG, uh, uh, SDGs. SGDs. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of is in that because they were gearing up to continue to move on with climate change. Mm-hmm. Well, the serious crisis that you know was a lot bigger was COVID. So they were like, okay, we still have that. We don't have to continue to use that. I think I, I'm, I'm kind of talking in their person right now. Yeah. They, they found their serious crisis, which is COVID. Right. Um, if, if COVID wouldn't arrived, it would have just been something else. They would have either continued along with climate change, even though they've been debunked about a gazillion times. Um, I don't know, actually, the ozone layer, is it, is it frying us right now? I'm not sure. Um, it's always something. It's always something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, they, but, they will, but they will use something. It could be economic collapse the next time. You know, uh, you know, you know who knows? It's very interesting. Um, after you read this book, uh, I've got a reading assignment for everyone else. After you read this book, read uh, F.A. Hayek's Road to Serfdom. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you probably went through mm-hmm. this with Glenn back mm-hmm. during the Fox days. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I just, I don't know how. I, I did not read this until maybe about a 
a month ago. Oh, you're kidding me. And it is insane. Mm. If you, okay, when you read that book, you'll, you'll remember every single thing in print here. It's going to sound eerily the same. So back then, Hayek was trying to warn people in the UK about someone named William Beveridge, uh, who was at the London School for Economics, but he was tasked with basically seizing all industry, including healthcare, everything they could, because of that serious crisis back then, World War II. Mm -hmm. Now they were, same exact language, they were like, we have to scientific, we have to listen to the scientists. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, it's in black and white. This is from the 50s. You have to listen Incredible. to the scientists. We have to scientifically prepare for this. Are you against science? You know what I mean? All the same stuff, it's nuts. Their, their language has not changed at all, but the goal is exactly the same. All the corporations, all the elites that have made it, basically all the, all the oligarchy within whatever country you're talking about, in direct cooperation with the government, they seize control while the rest of us, you know, you know, kind of look around for the scraps from whatever they, they're, they're leaving us. It's the exact same thing. It, it's it's kind of scary how, you know, you hear Rahm Emanuel say, you know, never let a serious crisis go to waste. When was that, like 2009 -ish? Yeah, something, something like there, that. around there, yeah. He's saying that then, but they've been saying that since probably the 1900s, since the Progressive Era. Yeah, it's this idea of a constant state of war. Um, mm -hmm. They talked about it this, you know, during the early Progressive Era. When you have a war, people will do all sorts of crazy stuff. We saw, we've seen what's gone on with the pandemic. People will stay inside for months at a time. Uh, people will break every rule of freedom you ever thought an American would never put up with. I mean, and they will in yeah. a certain circumstance. So the idea is to create that circumstance all the time. So uh, with the Great Reset, this is a plan to kind of put in all sorts of, uh, it's policy-based, it's cultural-based, it's really economic-based. A lot of it has to do with economic pressures. So that's um, the main thing. Yeah, because I mean, this is interesting because this is not what you'd think of like, um, you know, uh, Vladimir Putin uh, or, you know, Adolf Hitler or who named the dictator is coming down and telling all these people what to do. In a way, they're trying to use the market to, to come to, the, to their end goal. How are they doing that? Um, and how they do that explains, a, again, a whole other laundry list of things that have been happening just recently. Mm. Uh, let's take, for instance, um, you know, the ridiculous money printing by the Fed. Insane money printing, uh, printing during a uh, during a pandemic. So a, a forced recession, printing tons of money. You would think in a forced recession that um, the stock market wouldn't be blowing up, going crazy, mm -hmm. but it did. Mm -hmm. Now, why is that? Because the Fed, and again, they have they they can do this without regular uh, without any kind of law or anything like that. They just start doing this behind the scenes, print tons of money. That gets directed into Wall Street, then using uh, environmental social governance scores, ESG, then those funds through Wall Street get sent directly to the corporations that they want to prop up. That's what ESG is for, to make sure that all the money goes to the companies that play by the rules. All of a sudden, you see them start going woke. You see Coke putting out ridiculous ads. They start yeah. making public statements on policy in states like Georgia. I mean, like, what are you talking about? Like, go back and making delicious sugary fizzy drinks. <laughs> right. Like, go back to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, I don't care what your stance is on mm -hmm. voting rights or something like that. But it explains everything that's happened for that. But, um, but that's 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 generally how they're doing this through uh, through economic means. Um, but that's just just one of the first uh, things that's going to happen. People often wonder, okay, what does that mean to me? Like, how will that affect me? Well, these banks are following a, 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 a rule set that started back during the climate accords back in 2015. That was never ratified and followed here. Um, but they did it on their own. They did it on their own because they knew where the tide was uh, was flowing to. Mm -hmm. um, this means that you're going to have a hard time, and I've looked at the documents, you're going to have a hard time getting mortgages eventually if your house is not up to par with these 
uh, with these environmental scores. You're not going to be able to, again, this was quoted directly in their, uh, their documents, you're not going to be able to buy a car. Like the type of car you want. Like I want a gas guzzling, yeah. American muscle, you know, hot rod. That's oh, what yeah. I want. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, we're not going to give you a loan for that. You can get this nice little pink, you know, EV vehicle if you want. No, <laughs> I don't want that. You don't want a pink but, EV? No, I don't, no. I don't want a pink EV. <laughs> you look adorable. Uh, <laughs> I know, Jason. right? Um, so give me, we got about 30 seconds left. I know you can't go into this fully, but is there a way to push back? Yes. I mean, it, it, there is a way to stop this? It seems overwhelming. Yeah, so I, just as quickly as I can, uh, f- for the politicians and the people that you're electing to get into, in, into office, they need to p- do things like the Trump administration was doing, like the Fair Lending Act. You got, they got to make sure that they can't discriminate you know, on yeah. some of these things. They mm-hmm. have to you give your money wherever you want to give. Mm-hmm. That, that's something that they can do. For, there's a whole lot more, but I'm just going quickly here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the few things that you can do, localize, localize, lo- localize. Go to your community. Make friends. Uh, shop at local farmers markets. Shop at local beef suppliers. That's another thing. They're trying to attack food. They mm-hmm. want you to eat what they want you to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like communist vegetarians. Right. You know, so yes, <laughs> exactly. They are communist. It's funny because, you know, as the uh, America's only conservative vegetarian, <laughs> I go into these uh, restaurants sometimes, and they will have, right there, communist newspapers as you walk in the door. Uh, that, like, right? I've been telling you. communist newspapers yeah. just out on display, thinking everyone in there wants to be a communist. Here, so I have a great time picking them up and flipping through, because there's always good stuff in there. Here's your veggie burger. Here's your little red book. Yeah, it how is it? pretty much how it goes. Um, well, you don't have to necessarily convert to communism uh, to enjoy this book, but it does help. It's called uh, it's called The Great Reset, Joe Biden and the Rise of 21st Century Fascism. Um, Jason, of course, worked really hard on all the research here. Justin Haskins, he's going to be on later uh, this week, wrote it with Glenn, and of course, Glenn Beck. He's going to be on tomorrow to talk about it. It's a big week. It's book release week, and it's something I think you're really going to enjoy. Get your hands on these things. I know there's a big first printing, but you know with the supply chain, you know, I, once those first round of books are out, I, mean, I just got this one today. This is the first copy I've actually seen of the book that's not fake with a fake cover over another one of Glenn's <laughs> old books. Uh, it's called The Great Reset, Joe Biden, Rise of the 21st Century Fascism. Jason Buttrell, you can follow him on Twitter. Uh, and uh, thanks for coming on, Jason. Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. Well, if the Great Reset kicks in and you can't get a mortgage, I don't know if you'll need realestateagentsitrust.com. You might not. But right now, you can still buy a home. Get into it now before they stop you. Uh, Realestateagentsitrust.com is a company that Glenn started many years ago. And he did it to figure out, hey, how do I screen through real estate agents and find the really good ones? Uh, Often, we just kind of pick someone we know or someone we saw on an ad or someone who's on the website of the house we're looking at. And that's not the best approach. The best approach is to know who is good at this job. Just like you go to a restaurant, you want to know where the best food is, how do you figure that out with a real estate agent until you go through a a, a transaction that you're not going to repeat for 20 years? Well, you need to know in advance. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to get that information in advance. Get more information now at realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Totally incorrect. Well, we look forward to reviewing it. Senator Marshall, Dr. Fauci has answered you. It is public information, and he's happy to give it to you if you would ask. Senator Moran. What a moron. (laughs) Jesus Christ. What a moron. What a moron. You could hear Fauci in the background afterward. I mean, there is a performative aspect of our representative democracy that sometimes leads to these moments where people are just fighting, and I think both sides like what they get out of it. I don't know if that's true with Fauci. I think, like, Fauci has—someone around Fauci has told Fauci— you got to stand up for yourself. 
you can't take this anymore from people like Rand Paul. You, gotta, you just got to go back at him. And he thinks he's winning these debates. I, honestly, this one was not with Rand Paul, but a lot of them are just embarrassing for Fauci. Um, you know, he, he's, this is not a good, it's not a good plan. And you've seen his, uh, uh, you know, uh, favorability ratings drop from when they were at 85% uh, back in the day when under the Trump administration, um, and they've dropped and dropped and dropped and dropped. He's now, it's now, he's now just a partisan figure. You know, that, that's where we are now. He's just the Democrats like him and the Republicans don't. And, you know, he's just like any other guy. Um, there was a time where he wasn't seen that way. And uh, I don't think he has done himself any favors in that realm. But that's where we are now. Biden, by the way, is uh, planning to make COVID-19 tests more uh, uh, affordable. That's at least what he says. Reason says, actually, it's going to make it more expensive and harder to find. There's been all sorts of problems with testing since the beginning. This goes back to Trump. Famously, under the Trump administration, the CDC screwed up the tests. We've had a problem getting tests for a long time. The Biden administration had them categorized oddly. That made it very hard for uh, testing companies to get the uh, tests out there cheaply for you at home. Um, Reason says uh, the government was slow, overcautious, and obscenely selective when approving tests for market, making companies jump through complicated and costly hoops to be allowed to sell tests here and thus ensuring that those allowed are expensive and scarce. The best way to solve this would be the Food and Drug Administration to start approving more tests, including those made in the U.S. and those imported from elsewhere, while swiftly working to resolve any quality concerns with those that don't quite make the cut. Um, instead, the administration is getting insurance companies involved, basically the number one way to drive up health care costs. It's interesting because, like, you know, look, if Europe has approved test, we know it works in Europe. They're happy with it. We can't just like say, all right, look, these probably work. We can't at this point admit that they probably are pretty good. We have to go through this lengthy process. The FDA has screwed this up so many times. The CDC has screwed this thing up so many times. Over and over again, we're to this point where the government is getting in the way of progressing out of this thing. What a surprise. Um, By the way, if you were wondering if things were going swimmingly, they are. Everything's going great. In fact, uh, we now have this. This story is unbelievable. This goes back to the trans swimmer that we talked about a while ago, um, and she is on uh, Penn, uh, the Penn swim team. Uh, of course, you know she was a guy like a day ago, and she was on the guys swim team, and now she's on the ladies swim team, and she's doing fantastic. Shockingly. Uh, you know, winning all these meets, setting all these records. And so this comes out. It says trans swimmers faced off in an Ivy League meet and the results upended transphobic arguments against their participation. How did it upend the argument? Because a trans person who used to be a girl and wants to be a guy beat the trans person who used to be a guy and now wants to be a girl. Got it? You following me? Now, they go down this whole thing where I guess, uh, you know, uh, Leah Thomas from Penn actually lost a race. And so we're supposed to say, well, that totally upends all of her arguments. First of all, no, it doesn't. I I don't think anyone expected her to win every single race all year long. And she lost to a guy who uh, or a girl who now wants to be a guy saying, claiming she's not doing anything about that, not taking hormones, I guess has had part of the surgery. I don't know. It's too confusing and I don't want to think about it. But the bottom line is it's not all that surprising that she'd lose one race. In addition, at the same meet, she won two other races. So Leah Thomas was two for three. And that's upending our views on trans issues. So stupid. 
so incredibly uh, dishonest and so incredibly predictable. So I've told you about ExpressVPN. It's very good for your safety on the Internet. But what if you got a Netflix membership? If you have Netflix and you're not using ExpressVPN, it's like paying for a gym membership but only being able to use the treadmill. they got lots of other equipment there. ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so you can control where you want Netflix to think you're located. They have almost 100 different server locations, so you can gain access to thousands of new shows. Now, I've never tried this before, but it kind of seems cool. Like you could, well, hey, I have, you know, I'm in a, maybe in a different country. Uh, maybe you want to look at some uh, more British programming. I guess you can go into the Netflix uh, Great Britain catalog, uh, catalog and check out their shows too. Phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more are all compatible with ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN has the added benefit of encrypting your data so you can browse the web securely. They won't know what annoying British shows you're watching. So be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get their money, get your money's worth with expressvpn.com slash stew. Don't forget, use my link, expressvpn.com slash stew. Get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free at expressvpn.com slash stew. You know, some shows, they use tricks to get you to watch, like um, putting a host on that's not revolting. I see what you're doing, other shows. You're putting on attractive people. You're doing things that are visually appealing. That's cheating, okay? And uh, what we do here is we just show like a bunch of graphs, and then I do, you know, 20-minute rants about data quality. And I love you for hanging out for that. Thank you so much. Yesterday, we, just, we did a bunch of that. You can watch all the shows on YouTube, by the way, youtube.com slash stewdoesamerica. Uh, and you can comment during the show. Uh, thanks, Stu, for showing data and making sense out of this madness. I don't know that I did that. I tried. Um, I really like Jack Helmuth's appearances, except for the fact that he only comes on when someone I love dies. <laughs> Jack will appreciate that, I think. Um, and uh, this one from Nancy. I think it was pretty interesting. Careful, Stu. Do you really want centralized, federalized data collection of individual health information? These folks consider whether you have a gun uh, in your home to be health information. Think it through. And that's a good point. I mean, you do have to think this through. I mean, I don't want specific information of myself. I want this to be anonymized, but I do want the data to be available to the people. This is all, this isn't data, it's not a question of whether they're collecting it or not. They have all the data. The problem is they're not making it easily accessible for people to make their own decisions about their lives. So I agree. We don't want some centralized database of everybody um, and all of their data with their names. What we want are generalized statistics so we can understand the direction of the pandemic and, you know, what kind of way we can as individuals deal with it. That's not too much to ask, especially since the data is already out there. It's just a matter of a competent administration doing things to make sure we can access it and understand the situation as it is. Back in a second. Okay, so here's what happened. A bunch of cows are inside. They're cooped up for the winter. It's cold. I think it's like in Turkey. And they're trying to get them to produce milk. And they produce more milk when they are outside and enjoying the nice uh, summer weather. So they decided to put virtual reality headsets on the cows. And so they would think they were outside. 
And apparently it's working to, to make them produce more milk. Now, it looks to me to be essentially the plot of the Matrix. I mean, that was my first thought. They're peop- they're, you know, they had people, they were in the little pods, they were, their minds told them they were having a great day, they were going about their lives, but in reality, that was basically a high-tech virtual reality. And now the cows are going through the same thing, and they're producing more milk. Isn't that wonderful? And then I realized that they actually... <laughs> They classified the story as not the Matrix, but the Moo Tricks. Which uh, may or may not want you, may want to make you uh, commit suicide uh, when you heard that. But it's up to you. It's the Matrix anyway, no one's going to know. <laughs>